All right, Little Rock, grab your coffee or perhaps your tea. It's time for a little story time. I'm Jamie Taylor with the Block Talk Podcast, and we're back. Season three started with an interview with some local restaurant owners that talk about the pivot with COVID-19 and all the things that happened. And so before we get into that series, I wanted to do this episode real quick to tell you that I have decided to close the doors on Bluebird Realty. I'm choosing to pour out these words and this story and these feelings in this moment should I ever dare to forget the journey I took getting here. So I'm sitting there Saturday morning. I'm thinking about my little baby while he's sitting there making cute noises. I'm listening to wind chimes. There's birds flying in and out of my yard. And all this joy and elation is totally disrupted by the all-too-familiar chime of this wretched device that I care everywhere I go. I take it everywhere. And it ruined my blissful state once again. So this is a common occurrence for me. But then how did I get here? Some of my closest friends and family can see easily how I got here, and now is the perfect time to shut the doors on my business so I can actually open my heart and pursue the world for all its wonder. But for those of you who remain at a distance enough to wonder, who squanders such a gift, a successful, happy, small little business to selfishly pursue to be determined? Especially after working so hard to build it, you probably think I'm crazy. Most would understand if I did this to pursue some bigger life of glamour and prestige, but oddly enough, it's the converse. I desire a lot less. I'm closing Bluebird Realty to pursue a life of simple joys made possible by years of hard work, perseverance, dedication, loss, success, deep sorrow, and great joy alike. And please, it's not like I don't have another adventure already in the works. Come on, guys. Anyhow, I imagine it may sound crazy or unfounded or even a bit irrational, but I think if you'll lend me this moment to just hear a bit of my story, you may get a little closer and see a little bit clearer. First of all, this is not my dream. I operated out of fear and survival for as long as I can remember. And when I first got in the real estate industry, it was not to sell, but to value, manage, and understand real estate as an economic factor, concept, etc. I had no interest in the world of sales. I trained and learned appraisal over sales specifically to avoid working with people. (laughs) And the whole idea of networking actually sounded horrible and exhausting. Many of you who will be shocked to hear that (laughs) should know that I work really well alone, bold type alone. Headphones in, hands on the keyboard, eyes on the property. That is my zone. I did real estate appraisal as a trainee on my way to licensure while I earned property management and real estate salesperson designations along the way. And at age 19, I was licensed in all areas and learning a lot on a daily basis. I was working super hard and this was 2005. So impending financial crisis is looming. The recovery would teach me even more from multiple perspectives, how real estate was actually kind of a make you break you industry with high stakes and low barriers. It solidified for me my chosen industry. It was life-changing. It shaped my world. It had the ability to break generations of poverty. And the best part about real estate is it's something you teach other people and you can pass along to them so they can in turn do the same more differently, whatever they want to do with it. There's no ceilings. We'll get there, but back to 19-year-old Jamie. Why or how do I choose this? How do I end up opening a brokerage from this beginning? I didn't think about it in advance, but being good at real estate or smart or good at something anyways doesn't mean you should own and operate a business in that thing. But we'll get to that later again. (laughs) If I failed to mention this yet, I was born and raised in Southern California. I'm the youngest and only girl of a family with six children, steps to be added later, and we moved a total of 23 times before I graduated high school. I witnessed a lot of death, some disease, a divorce, and more. And when I turned 18, I learned my family was going to retire to Arkansas. I decided to check out Vegas instead. As you can guess, at 18 years old, I wasn't super pumped about moving across the country. So Vegas is where I ended up and the above ensued. But note here that real estate, aside from various hostess, waitress, customer service, babysitting positions, was my first real career path. 
to this day, it's all I've ever done with longevity, consistency, and overall badassery besides motherhood, of course, which I'm also amazing at. But I fell into it. And my first interview with the mogul who handed me this opportunity to learn from her initially was actually interviewing me to pick up her coffee and her dry cleaning. She ordered a lot of Panera Bread for a tiny girl her size and her real assistant sucked really bad. I saw an opportunity every time she fell asleep on the job and the moment it was offered to me, I tried it, I liked it, and to this day have never changed fields. I worked really hard in Las Vegas. When my infant niece passed away, I flew to Arkansas for the funeral and something hit me in that empty field. I watched my family just bury so much love and gain so much grief that day and I knew I couldn't be far away from them anymore. My career could not keep me from moments I was already missing, so I moved to Arkansas. I found a job appraising, working as a real estate agent immediately, and then I got pregnant and married, uh, followed by divorced, and then working double shifts. So I had a full-time job for the insurance, and I appraised home uh, homes at night and on the weekend, uh, moved a few times. I was pretty much poor, broke, struggling from the moment Honor was born. But when he was born in August of 2007, it became my primary duty to be a mom. A mom is what I became first and most. I would try to fit these special moments in between manic memories with him. I would sneak him out of daycare. We would go to the movies while other moms were stuck at their corporate jobs. I would bring him to work with me whenever the houses were vacant for a million different reasons. And those memories are so precious to me now. At the time, I was struggling. I was super tired. And then I got forced by the appraisal industry to go and earn a college degree or face not having a license. So enter my next hurdle. I went to school online, took a few classes on campus, and I studied while he slept, and I worked while he studied, and I rented a small, shitty apartment, and I made it happen. I graduated college in 2015 with an associate's degree, and I never thought I wanted one, but the truth is I couldn't afford college. I wasn't talented or smart enough or maybe just not driven enough at the time, now that I look back, to earn the kind of scholarships that would have paved a different path for me. I know I couldn't have been disciplined enough looking back, so it felt good, despite my age, to walk up and get that little degree so so many years later. I know Hunter was the catalyst at that time. He was sparking my desire for more and better because for me, I didn't need it. I hated growing up poor and I didn't want that for him, so I did whatever it took. I failed a million ways. I dated some idiots. I treated myself like trash. I didn't give myself one option from the moment I left my parents' doorstep. In fact, I survived with no help, just hard work, determination, and thinking on my feet, solving problems for so many years. I guess I'm an entrepreneur in life and business. And then, not clear cut as I can see it in hindsight, but then the next catalyst came walking into my life in March of 2012. Those of you who know him, enter stage left, Joey Taylor. I had worked so hard to devalue myself and build a struggle story. I was the classic victim when he found me. And literally the story had everything from humble beginnings. One time I wrestled in mud for money to pay rent all the way to earning my first year's $50,000 in income as a self-employed person at 26 years old. I still don't know how or why my visiting friend brought his local friend to my apartment to watch March Madness. But Ryan, if you ever hear this, Thank you for walking my husband to the front door. He walked in and everything changed, but not instantly. Different than other things I fell in love with, this one took a little more time to grow. (laughs) It was like a slow drip. That's the best way I can describe it. A date, some space. Soccer game, some space. Quiet, thoughtful, dark, and different special musical. A few more dates, a little less space, a little more travel. A lot of fun. We met each other's families. 
we started sharing burdens and doubling joys. And I remember that I broke down in tears on his back deck. I was petting his dog. We'd been dating like six months. And he and Hunter were not hanging out yet. He asked me what was crying or what was wrong. And I think I said, I'm pretty sure I love you, but I can't be sure if I love you because you haven't met Hunter. (laughs) And he laughed at me. He still does laugh at me a lot. Um, I remember that night too thinking, maybe there is a future and a hope and all these promises and plans. Maybe my story is happier and fuller than I anticipated it to be. I waited for the page to fill up my book and I counted moments and memories and lived some of my very best times behind, beside my husband in those early years of us dating. Not many people know a lot about Joey, so let me publicly embarrass him right here and tell you something about Joey. He is not halfway anything. He also does not do things he doesn't like or enjoy doing unless they're for someone he loves, in which case he'll do it gladly. For me, he watched me struggle silently, but he always supported me. I had finally purchased myself my very own sectional couch, and I'll never forget this. It was beautiful, and I couldn't afford any extras for it. It was Hunter and I's first piece of real furniture, and I was so proud of it. On one of our dates, Joey pulls into a Walmart after dinner, and I'm so confused. But moments later, we are laughing and pillow fighting down the aisle, and Joey had bought me all kinds of throw pillows and set my beautiful couch up all adorned with things my heart wanted for it, but that I couldn't afford. He may or may not know, but that was one of the most important memories in our relationship. And anyways, Joey and I dated till 2015, and then he proposed to me on my 30th birthday in my parents' dining room. I was shocked, overjoyed, and still to this day, I can't think about it without crying. We were married on January 9th, 2016, and Joey had been in an automotive industry for as long as I'd known him, even before I started dating him. So after all these years watching me and my career and where I really needed help, um, my husband didn't halfway it. He took classes, got his intern appraisal credential, and joined me. It was not easy, and I was proud of him and super grateful. So here we go. At this point, it's 2016. I'm finally married. My son is nine. I'm working with my husband for an appraiser who later becomes actually my first podcast interview and a dear friend. And I am burnt smooth out. Sick of it. I don't want to pull another tape, get in another crawl space, reconcile another damn value. I look back on the myriad of happenings at the time and I think it was break time, but instead I made a better choice. (laughs) This is where you guys start to come in. Back in May of 17, I was doing the usual fighting off a friend asking me to sub for him at his networking group or whatever they called it, BNI group. <laughs> I was not interested in networking, remember? But he found the magic button because he said, hey, Jamie, I really need your help. And I am a sucker for helping others. So I showed up. I remember I dressed to the nines and I represented my plumber friend. And I nearly thought this whole embarrassing, awful thing was over when, oh my God, They said, I have to stand up, introduce myself, and talk about what I did. I was mortified. I had never, ever done that. Not once. So I did what Jamie does. I just opened my mouth and listened to what came out. (laughs) Totally unplanned, but I did sound kind of smart. I was poised and I had their attention. So uh, the fact that I knew I was talking about just added a level of confidence I didn't expect. It was a weird feeling that washed over me. I've only ever gotten that before when I'm dressed up nice and someone calls me beautiful. So it was like the first time as an adult professional that I genuinely felt confident, smart, and beautiful. So I ended up joining that group the moment the meeting ended. And if I'm being totally honest with you, I did not have the $799 Uh, for the startup cost, but I wrote the check anyways and hoped that I had something in the mail for work completed and turned out I did with $300 left to spare. Woohoo. And I did it because of how I felt in the moment. I felt inspired to take a chance on myself and like pause for those of you who are in the middle of the story and thinking about taking a chance, do it. Um, 
So I joined the group and I didn't know the rules. I had a real estate license too and I had taken a listing from someone close to or maybe formerly a member of the group. I can't remember, but I had made an honest mistake and another member got angry with me and told me I couldn't or shouldn't and XYZ, here we go. My first ever adult business venture was actually instigated by the need to succeed against someone telling me I couldn't do it. I hate to admit that, but a pointed finger and a curt attitude telling me I couldn't or shouldn't translated into nothing I wouldn't do to obtain my credibility in this field. Forget that I built a skill set appraising homes or that I was always against the idea of sales. To prove I could, I built a networking group on the back of a brand new career, better named an endeavor at that point in real estate. So I did all the things I said I wouldn't do, found a company I liked. Uh, I could see ideas and content for in my head before I even called and asked for the job. She gave me one and then I sold out suit jackets, video tours, the whole thing. (laughs) And to my surprise, not only did I learn that real estate itself is the ultimate ceiling free option, but it's also very low barriers to entry. So there's enough business to go around. It's available to people of all kinds, 18 and over, along with a few other small items, depending on the state you're in, you could literally make any dream come true excuse me, make any dream come true, fuel any passion, ignite any fire that lights you up. So suddenly I was in love. I loved training. I was teaching other agents what I did know from my background, learning everything I could from the background of others, growing, changing, giving back, and making money at the same time. It was suddenly... I loved networking. My B&I exploration had led to, in less than six months, the largest chapter that's ever been formed in Central Arkansas and the only Hall of Fame chapter in the state. I was happy, but at this point, I'm working like 18 hours a day. Much of it, my own desire to build culture, write a good training program, or at least try to engage others to join in real estate, find their niche, and crush their dreams. I did a lot of hard, innovative work, and I innovative work, and I learned a lot about real estate and marketing and business and people and myself at that point. But at some point, I did get selfish. I felt entitled. I wanted to own my dreams or at least part of them. I wanted ownership. Isn't that the ultimate goal? I thought so. And by the way, that super fabulous husband of mine, he would already pivoted by now too and we're selling real estate together. He blows my mind. I don't know if I would have ever endeavored on such a massive risk for someone I love so much, but he's crazy and he did it. Anyway, I should have been happy at the time, but I wasn't. So in one year's time, a client and friend from that very networking group offered me advice I'll never forget. He said, if I want to do things my way, I can just open up companies of my own and do it. He said he'd go all in with me and then boom, like a million other things he did on a task list every day, he, his family, me and mine jumped right in and opened Bluebird Realty in a matter of days. Looking back, it happened fast and like all my other decisions, it was my heart leading the way. My dear friend Sergio came with me on this adventure and he allowed it all to happen by shouldering the burden of principal broker. Of course, I'd only been in real estate for one year, so I needed a broker's license. That takes two years unless you can take the broker's test and couple it with closely related industry experience, which I was able to do. And then I was granted a shot at becoming our principal broker. In that role, I grew leaps and bounds, learned so much about myself, and I had become the principal broker and owner of my own company in partnership with people I loved. Yikes. But time went by and I learned what I was good at and what I wasn't. Here's the adventure of entrepreneurship. You'll find out exactly who you are and what you suck at. What I wanted and what I didn't became clear. There were ugly days, beautiful properties, hires, fires, and eventually a buyout. I remember when we started Bluebird, the other family and us were 100% into it for each other's success and joy, and so much had changed. So much was still changing. We were on the dawn of a new day because I had suddenly an unexpected, unplanned when I opened the brokerage, (laughs) new baby on the way, and amid a million other small paper cuts that had come upon us, we made the ultimate decision to go ahead and just cut through all the way. Sparing you the dirty details, we did the best we could. 
On March 11th, 2020, I walked into my house and I looked at my husband. We had taken 100% ownership in our company on the 2nd, which was nine days prior. So of course, I had been doing all of this work associated with a four-person ownership staff and he was not opposed to me giving in once we or I had no one left to disappoint. I was due to have a baby in less than eight weeks. A worldwide health pandemic had begun and one of our agents had unknowingly come in contact with a possible exposed case. The day I walked in that door, I had no idea I'd still be sitting inside these same walls seven months later, closing the doors on the stream. And please don't begin to feel bad here and start putting sympathy in because remember, I said in the beginning that real estate and owning a brokerage was never my dream. Owning my time, owning who I am, owning my smooth moves and my massive mistakes and all the value they've added to me because of it. Those things sound a little closer to my dreams. And I don't know for sure what category all of those things fall under for you, but for me, they fall under success. So moving on to secondly, what I'm meant to do is not sell homes, but I'm good at it. So why not? Here's my reasoning behind why this can't be my destiny, but it's also kind of my destiny. People who own brokerages are stronger than I am. I just don't have interest in developing really strong relationships and training people with things I pour my blood, sweat, and tears out over just for them to end up moving on for more money, a shinier office, more of anything they can get for free. This is not always the case, I know, but I have given multiple clients to multiple agents from an agent and broker standpoint. I've learned that in our market and in our industry, this is not common and it's what other people call leaving money on the table, but I really don't care. I remember encouraging an agent once and saying, no, 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 I'm just too busy. You go ahead. I don't need the referral fee. No worries. She was shocked. If nothing else told you that I wasn't meant to be the owner of a real estate brokerage, that right there is it. I got hurt by the industry a little bit because money is not my thing. People are my thing, which is why ultimately I made the decision to close Bluebird Realty, but to move Bluebird, my team, to EXP Realty. Okay, pause. Okay, now that you've had your laughter, shock, anger, judgment moment, here we go. Bluebird Realty is a profitable company, and it is, without my input as well, over the past seven months, my agents have outdone themselves. They've allowed me to be at home for seven months. No in-person appointments, but constant care and support for them has created conditions for my people to thrive in. They're all independent as it is, and each is cut from a different, unique cloth, and they enjoy our online meetings. They're simple, productive. We don't need shiny. They prefer smart, honest, quick, fun, professional, exciting work. We create those conditions at Bluebird with our culture, so it's not a surprise to me. I came to my agents with the decision to move to EXP, and every single one made the choice to come along. They know that their best interest is almost always going to come before mine, and they know I'll always be honest, ethical, and annoyingly encouraging, especially on their hardest days. I'm thankful for every single Bluebird that's helped shape me, past, present, future. And why EXP? I researched models so I was blue in the face. Blue bird, blue face, you get it. I checked with Remax, Century 21, Next Home EXP, local owners, regional, national, international. And two main things pushed me to attack Dustin Turner at a realtor open house and ask, what is the story with EXP? Number one, every EXP agent I see seems to spend more time on their personal life than their work. And secondly, all of their ability to recruit and connect others to a powerful backend for a sustainable business relies on their success as individual agents. They have the support and systems needed to facilitate the kind of growth an individual just can't contain on their own. Mostly it's number one, but also I hate billing agents for the record, creating invoices, keeping updated spreadsheets of current passwords for 8 million software platforms. I hate a lot of things about being a business owner. Scratch that a brokerage owner, because it's not like other businesses. And when you lead with your heart like I do, it's an easy place to get hurt. Putting myself in an environment where I have to be competitive and not collaborative will never work for me. And I'm glad I finally learned that amongst countless other things on this journey. So now you know, one, I'm no longer going to operate a brokerage. Two, I will work as an independent realtor and broker for Bluebird brokered by eXp Realty. Three, what else? Here's what's next. 
I do realize I don't have to share this with you guys, but first of all, everyone loves a good story. And secondly, I hate it when someplace I love closes and I don't know why, or someone moves away or something changes and I didn't get to say goodbye, hear the story. I felt the need anyways, and I will miss some parts of the ride that I've taken. I will not miss most of what I'm letting go. (laughs) It's the feelings and the people that matter to me. And that being said, I don't have a damn clue what my future holds outside of this. Being in real estate will always be my way to earn income, but now I'm after different goals. I can use real estate to discover and fuel whatever my dreams turn out to be. And this time, no one's inspiring it for me. No one can tell me I can't do it, should do it, could do it. No one will help me along. No one will refuse to help me along. I'm rolling out my own red carpet. I don't know if you guys saw this, but back in the day, there was this Olympic gymnast. Her name was Carrie Strug. I'm about to show up for my life like that. There might be a little bit of pain and my landing won't always be perfect, but you better believe I'll give it everything I have in every way I can, like I always have, and I will finish with my head held high. I'll keep podcasting and you'll see Block Talk open up and get a little louder, a little more Jamie and a little less, I hope they won't be mad at me slash dislike me slash laugh at me for believing in these dreams of mine. I truly love this part of my life. Doing it regularly had a huge impact on me and helped me realize that I don't want to be full-time all the time nonstop real estate. I want to hear about you and what you're doing. More importantly than any of those career moves is the most important above all reason that I've made this choice to make my life look more like the one I want to live instead of survive. That reason for me is my family. My husband, who might hurt when he thinks about who I was before him, gave me the keys that no one else in the world could hand me to love myself. I know my parents did their best for me, and I love them unconditionally, but Joey was made for me and I for him. We see the best parts of each other, and at times, we just outright ignore the worst of one another, and we love through the ugly things. We've lost some of our closest family members together, and we've lost some of our best friends. Conversely, we've gained a lifetime of love amongst countless new friends, countless new friends you guys included. (laughs) We have friends now that have been here before us, during us, and that will be here for forever us. I married the ultimate bachelor, the one no one expected to fall crazy, but in love with for some irrational dreamer from California, but he did. And I thank God that he did. And if you see him out, please buy him a drink or a round of golf. Lord knows the man has his hands full. And for my children, for me, Hunter will always be a reminder that God is indeed real. I outright hated religion and any ideas around it for a long time. I often feel burned by faith and the church, and it really doesn't matter why, and we won't get into that, but I'll never forget wanting to believe in nothing. And then there it was, blinking across an ultrasound machine. I'm 20 years old, my cheeks are flushed, and I'm shocked because there's a real-life tiny beating heart inside my reckless youthful body. (laughs) I did not have a clue what I was going to do, but I also remember feeling a lot of relief in that moment because I knew God was real. Nothing else could could design such a thing like that, to give such a feeling or create such a bond. To this day, that blue-eyed boy is my absolute greatest joy. I loved for the first time for real the moment he was laid upon my chest, and I look at him today all arms and legs and gangly. He's so handsome. He's 13. He loves neon colors, video games, my famous homemade chimichangas, and being a total joker. He's silly, smart, but not yet wise, mature, but still innocent enough to call me mommy and lay on my lap here and there when I ask him to. He's my very best friend, and I get super, super pissed at him sometimes. (laughs) The pandemic has been hard on him, like all kids, I'm sure, but he's really social, and he cares a lot about the world around him. That was why I was heartbroken to move him to homeschool. But little did I know, he would flourish. His grades are amazing. And don't worry, it's accredited, so I can't cheat for him. He's more thoughtful now. He has more time on his hands. He can help his dad work on our van project. P.S. Tune in for that. He helps me in the kitchen. He's hands down the best big brother ever. And as someone with five of them, I would know. He 
knows too much. He's seen all my messy and he deserves more than I will ever give him. But of course, he'll take no less than every damn thing. He is absolutely nuts and he thinks the world is his and that anything is possible. So I guess I have reached one of my loftiest goals. I have a happy, well-adjusted, good, sweet, healthy teenage boy. These years are going to be over fast and I've worked hard so much of the majority of his life. He is absolutely a good enough reason to stay home just by himself. But then there's Henry. Oh, Henry. (laughs) I remember thinking when Joey and I discussed having a baby that he was not actually serious. I remember thinking there's no actual point in caring if I get pregnant or not at the time because like I said, I'm convinced that God's real now, but I'm uncertain how it's all supposed to be and I'm pretty sure there's no way I deserve to get the chance of being a mom again, right? Obviously dead wrong. And then to top it off, I get a happy, healthy, hilarious, gleeful, smiling, sleeping through the night almost, baby boy with the man of my dreams, no less. Henry is the game changer. We call him the life reshaper or the Taylor family rearranger. (laughs) As painful as it is to think about and remember, I've done it both ways. I was a daycare mom too, working two jobs, not just one. And I remember it not being hard because it was normal for me. This time I was independently employed, had enough agents and sales to plan ahead and step back. Sure, the pandemic helped forcing me home, but further, once he was born, it was all just unsustainable. I don't know how you people are doing it. Nursing him and signing contracts, setting alarms for feedings and follow-ups. It's for some women. It's for a lot of women, and I love that for them, but it's not for me. Not anymore. There was a time and a place and a space for hardworking, grin and bear it, force yourself to do it. You're going to make it moments for me. But Henry is not one of those moments. Henry brought the newest, most evolved version of me to the front. He's forcing forgiveness out of me for myself and other people. He pushes me to like let go of the lack of self-love and find some healing. Where Hunter introduced me to love, Joey taught me how to put it into action for other people outside of Hunter and myself. And Henry, he lit my world up in a bright, sparkly, vivid shade of joy I've never seen before. And I can't look away for more than a few minutes wherever he is. I love the smells he... I love the way he smells and his sounds and the way it feels when his warm, heavy head hits my chest and his eyelashes are fluttering when he dreams. I will not miss these moments. And just like Hunter, he is reason enough to stay home on his own, so there it is. These are just some highlights of my story up to now. I didn't tell them to you without tears, not without lessons learned, especially and mostly my experiences this far in life and business have been heavy laden with joy, life, family, and happiness. This has been also in spite of loss, challenge, pain, and hurtful experiences, such as life. I am so excited to move forward from this experience, though. I'm excited to be alongside at the moment five new friends in a mastermind group that's meant to help me reshape some of my beliefs and figure out what I'm really alive for. I want to become the woman I was crafted to build out of my experiences on Earth. So I hope you enjoyed my story, and I hope you'll keep tuning into the Block Talk to hear what's up around the bend. But I'll be back next week. No long break for me. The COVID restaurant series is going to be great. We talked to three local restaurant owners who have handled and faced the pandemic with different reactions and who have dealt with the brutal experience of being in this industry where the international health crisis has pretty much put them in just an immovable situation. So we'll then start up following that a whole new season with new guests, more real estate talk. And of course, we'll talk a little bit more about why EXP, what's going down here on your block, of course, here in Little Rock. If you like what you hear, don't forget to like us on all your social platforms. Leave us a review after you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube. And those of you who are dying to find out how to get on the show and give sponsorship, you can send an email to info at mymismarketing.com. I'm Jamie Taylor with the Little Rock Block Talk Podcast. I thank you guys for tuning in and we're out.